Well, praise ye the Lord, everybody. Then there ought to be some shouting going on. I want to say something here that <clears throat> starting today, every morning you get up, you start saying, this is the day that I'm going to have signs, miracles, and wonders. We got to say what the Bible says. Look for something great to happen in the name of the Lord. I'm glad to be here today. I'm glad to feel the presence of the Lord and the wonderful things of God. I want you to just settle in. And I don't hardly ever watch football. Sometimes I turn it on. Some of the stadiums, the seat's over 100,000. Just standing and shouting, sit there for hours, hours. And, you know, just watch a little ball float up and down the field. Oh, how excited we ought to be about the Lord Jesus Christ. There ought to be excitement to make our home shake in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, just, I'm excited about the Lord and the good things of God. I'd like you to take your Bible to book of, turn to the book of Joshua 6 and 2, please. Joshua 6 and 2. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Bible said, let everything have breath. Do what? Praise the Lord. Let, let, let us praise the Lord. Okay, if, if you're there, we'll go ahead and go with it. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and all the mighty men of valor. Now, I want you to get that picture. They're behind a great mighty wall, and behind that wall are giants. Because when they surveyed the land, they called them giants. And they said, we are as grasshoppers. I want to say to us today, we need to keep saying what we are and say what God says we are. Don't say what you are. Say what God says you are. Say what he's going to do for your life and the wonderful things of God. I want to title this morning, See, I have given you the promise. See, I have given you the promise. So we have a wonderful promise. Joshua chapter 5 and 13 says this, and Joshua lifted up his eyes. How many of you know you have to lift your eyes up? You have to lift beyond what's in this world and see what God is and what God is saying to us. You can't find God looking down in this world, you got to look up. He said, Joshua, lift up your eyes. And I saw a man. I said, are you for us? Are you our adversary? In verse 14, and the man said, no. I am the commander. I'm the Lord of the host. Have I come? Oh, I don't know about you. It may not be like it last week, but I want you to know the presence of the Lord is here in our lives every day. I am the commander of the Lord army. China tries to intimidate. They march 50,000 men or so in perfect rank and harmony. They show off their big tank, tanks and airplanes so does North Korea, and so does Russia 
What they're doing is intimidating the world. I want you to know the devil will magnify your problem bigger than it really is. He'll get you looking at your problem instead of looking at the commander of the Lord's army. I'm not for you and I'm not against you, but I am the commander of the Lord's army. And you might say, who was that saying that, Brother Michael? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You say, how do you know that, Brother Billy? Because when he saw him, he fell down at his feet. If he had been an angel, an angel said, get up, don't worship me. You got to rightly divide the word of God and see what it's saying. How many know that the Lord's commander is in your midst? Wherever you are, that's where he is. He's the commander of the Lord's army. I knew this lady. She worked for a contractor for the highway department. She told me one day, she said, uh, I went to pay my tithes Sunday, and the IRS, I'd got a letter from them, said they'd locked up my bank account. I had no money. Had no money. They had my bank account locked up. She said, I wrote up my tithes and sent them, filled out the form, letters and everything. Said, now, Lord, I held it up to him. Said, now, Lord, IRS has got your money. But if you want to get it, you got to get it from them. I believe it's time to bust the letters. The devil know who we are. Who we are. She got a call from the bank Monday morning when they opened it up and said, we just got a call from the IRS. They have released your bank account. When the commander of the Lord's army is working for us, you need not to fear the enemy. Now, I know we got some problems. Everybody got problems, but one of our problems, we're too concerned about the problem instead of the commander of the Lord's army. And then he gives some instructions what to do. How many is ready to receive something you ain't never received before? God is present to give us the promise that he said we have. See, I have given the promise. Behind these walls is a mighty army of giants, huge walls, giants everywhere. You know, there's giants of cancer. There's a giants of unbelief. There's a giants of fear. There's a giants of war but they're behind the wall, and they're sort of hid. But here they are, and God is fixing to give him some instruction. And Joshua is also a symbol of the type of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, the commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. How many are glad Jesus come one day? He come to your house, and he abides there, and he stays there. The wonderful thing, the commander of the army, I have come for your sake. God comes for our sake. I don't believe he's a coming. I believe he's already here. I believe he's a coming back one of these days for the church. But until he comes, something miraculous is taking place in our lives. Then he tells them, said, six days, I want you to circle your promise. <laughs> I feel like marching. How many ready to march around your promise? You ready to march around your promise this morning? You going to march around your promise? The devil's got your promise. Amen. And what you got to have. How many know the chief physician lives inside of you? Y'all ought to shout on that. The counselor is inside you. 
All you need is inside you. Everything we have, we need. God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Now, that looked very foolish, Sister Linda. Here they are, grasshoppers, marching around a wall so huge. And on that wall is mighty men of value mocking you. How many of the devil mocks you sometime and makes fun of you? Amen. And then he tells them you got to walk around it six days. Six days you're going to have to walk around it. And here's what he says you got to do. This is what you got to do. As you march, you're going to have to wait. How many know that's not our long suit, waiting? Patience. He said, you're going to have to wait. And while you're waiting, Brother Melvin, he said, you're going to have to walk. This is what, he said. This is what you're going to have to do to get your promise. And then he said something else. <laughs> you can't talk. You can't talk. If you want the promises, the fullness of God, we must learn how to silence the enemy. We got to silence him. So they get ready to go around the army. And Joshua tells them what to do. And I'm going to read you. I'm going to take time to read you what he said to do. And Joshua said, take up the ark, which is a symbol of the presence of God. How I many you know that before you go anywhere, you need to make sure the presence of God is with you? And he's got to be out front. He said, he's got to, they, they got to be out front. Now, that's verse 6. And he said, you go around these walls seven times. But the first time, you're going to go six times around them, six days. And Joshua spaced the servants out of the priests, the hearing, the ones with the round trumpet. God is always very specific what he wants. This time, he says ram's horns or trumpet. He told Solomon when he opened the temple, he said, you blow the silver trumpet. I don't know why the difference is. I won't go into that today. But he's very pacific, and you've got to follow pacifics what God says to do. And so here's what he tells them to do. You walk around it, and all this time, you shall not shout and not open your mouth until I tell you to. Can you imagine that? Walking six days, the first day you walk around it, you walk and you wait, and you don't talk. How many could go six days without talking? Can you imagine what they might want to say at the camp that night, how foolish they look walking around that wall? And he said, don't talk. Don't talk. Get up the next morning. You do it all over again. Walking around the wall. No talking. No talking. Six days goes by. And then the seventh day, they got to go seven times, 13 times around the wall, walking and no talking, waiting, waiting. I like what Brother Sam says. You can stand assured your prayers will be answered. They're going to be answered. Prayer invades the darkness and brings the heavens down in our midst. So here they go. And around the seventh time, we all know this story very well. They go around it. 
said, I am the commander of the Lord's army. Psalm 103 says in verse 20, 21, Bless the Lord, you mighty angels of his who carry on his orders. Listen to each of his commandments. Yes, bless the Lord, you army of his angels who serve him continually. Them mighty men of value thought how foolish them little grasshoppers out there was marching. But church, they didn't see who's with them. That's a lot of our problems. We don't see who's with us. We see the problem. We see the giant, but we don't see who's with us. How many are ready to see who, who's with you? He said, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. The Lord's army is not a physical army. Russia is flying drones and flying their fighters right over our warships in the China Sea right now. Intimidating. Showing their strength. But they don't see the strength of our army. They, they don't see the strength of our army. Oh, I don't know what you feel, what I feel this morning. God is working mightily. He goes a little bit further there in Hebrews 12 and 22. It refers to thousands of angels of joy fully assembled around you. And the commander is just waiting. And they're just waiting for that one word. Then we find also a number again in Revelation. John saw John 5, 11. The number of angels was 10,000 times 10,000 times 1,000 times 1,000, which could not be numbered. Here is the commander of the Lord's army. Brother Michael, the Lord's army is all these thousands, ten thousands of angels that can't be seen. But they're ready. They're sitting on go. They're ready to go. At one word, they're ready to go. Elisha's servant could not see what was with them. He said, Alas, alas, the master, what we're going to do. All he could see was the armies of the enemy. A lot of times all we can see and focus on what is wrong in our lives. Here this young girl got run over by a car. She forgot to put it in gear, had her children in the car, and it started rolling. She tried to stop it, and it ran over her. Took her to the hospital after quite some time. The doctor says she'll be a paraplegic the rest of her life. There's nothing we can do. She'd asked for nothing but women nurses in her room. But one night as she laid there, a man came in that room, and he wasn't a doctor. He wasn't dressed like a doctor. He walked over to the chart and looked like he was reading it. Hung it back up and looked at her, said, Thy shall be well, and turned around and walked out. I want you to know there's an army that we hadn't seen yet. They're around you, church. They're everywhere you go. Her mother walked in about that time, and she told her mother. She went out in the hall to look for this man and couldn't find him. She went to the nurse's station, described her what he looked at. She said, there's no one in this facility meets that description we've never seen. I want you to know there's an army 
are gathered around you. The angels of the Lord is camping around us like we've never been. I would like for us just to pray, God, open our eyes. Open our eyes where we can see what massive army is with us. Joshua, Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes where he can see what is with us. And the Bible said when the Lord opened his eyes, he saw the whole sky beyond up in there full of fiery chariots of horsemen and men just ready to defend the thing. And then Joshua said, now walk around the seventh time. And when you walk around the seventh time, I want you to do what? We know this story very well. What did he say do? Shout. Isn't that foolish? Shout. Shout. I remember one time when I first got in the church. Hadn't been in there very long. And my brother Keller said, we're going to pray London Bridges tonight. That's, I thought, Lord, my goodness. I don't know, Sister Linda, whether you remember that or not? I thought, how foolish that is praying London Bridges in the church. Of course, I was ignorant. Huh? I was ignorant. I, I didn't know nothing about the whole church activities. And they got up there and some of them held up their hands, you know, like that. And they held their hand. And people walked through there. And Sister Emma walked through there. She, I think she just fell out in the spirit. And the anointing of God was on point. Listen, God has things that we don't really know what he's about to do and when he's going to do it. But when he commands it to be done, listen, something miraculous happens in the Lord. And that best I can remember, everybody walked walked under them, people had their arms up, the mighty power of God failed, confusing the powers of the darkness of hell, and when they marched around that army the seventh time, and they blew those ram horns, and then Joshua, your commander-in-chief, says, everybody, it one accord, shout, and they could hear it from miles away, but that's not the important thing. Those walls went straight down into the ground. They didn't fall over. They went down in the ground, and all those mighty men of value went down in the ground. I'm here to say this morning, God wants your enemies destroyed before your very eyes. He wants you to see them to disappear before your very eyes, but so he gets the glory where he gets all the honor. Amen? One day it's happened. The Bible said Cornelius was a man was upright and just. He wasn't a Christian. He prayed a lot of alms and tithes and offering, you might say. He prayed always unto the Lord. Always he prayed unto the Lord. And Acts 10 and 3 said, and one day, Brother Melvin, one day the Lord sent an angel and talked to him. Oh, hallelujah. It's the same time. You know this book is written by, I forgot how many thousands of men over thousands of generations, some of them have never met one another. Some of them never heard of one another. You take Amos, he's a fig picker. They, they, these, things, they, these people didn't know that. But this book never has one error in it. Out of all those thousands of years, out of those thousands of writers, different writers, writers but it, it all was under the one inspiration of God. They all wrote what God said right. Amen. No one had his own opinion about it, but they wrote what God said. And listen, when what God says comes to pass, I don't really believe it will. I believe it does come to pass. Hallelujah. And after all those times, years, Cornelius had prayed and fasted just that one time, one day. I, I feel the Lord saying, one day. One day you're going to see the angels of the Lord. Hallelujah. One day 
Sister Rue, other some time ago, was driving down the street she lives on now, and the Lord spoke to her, said, buy that lot. She's 80-something years old, and she's never heard the voice of the Lord audibly speak to her, but the voice of the Lord spoke to her. Listen, this could be your day to hear the Lord speak to you. Amen. Hallelujah. I was thinking about Enoch. He didn't have no Bible. Faith comes how? How? This book is Logos, right? Logos. How did Enoch walk with God 235 years or so and never had this book, but he had faith? How did that happen? The Rema Word of God, the Spirit of God, was talking to him every day. Listen, the Spirit of the Lord, if we'll open our ears and hear the Spirit of the Lord, ream a word fresh from the throne of God, speaking into your heart, builds up your faith and encourages you mightily in the power of God. That's why it's so important to get along, get out of this world. You cannot study your Bible among the world. You cannot pray among the world. you got to get away to hear the voice of God as you walk with God. Something wonderful is taking place in the kingdom of God. Something great is happening in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I had a little piece of paper up here. I guess it's gone. But I want to show us something here. The Bible tells us to take captive every thought that's against God. Every thought is not of God. We ought to take captive of him. I'm going to just turn over here and I'm going to read you this. If I can find it, I had it written down. First of all, Joshua told them to consecrate yourself. Now, before you go, consecrate yourself. Before you go, consecrate yourself. That means you set yourself apart from everything else. Then it also means it designated you for a very special purpose. When you consecrate yourself, you're designating yourself for a special purpose. And it also means to be completely dedicated to God as you walk and wait and keep silent before the Lord. Keep silent before the Lord. Well, I had it written down, but I'll just go ahead and tell you what it is. The man, they took a watermelon seed and He's a watermelon seed has the ability to increase itself 200,000 times. Hello? Hmm? I wish I could have wrote that down where I could have told you the man's name if they studied that. Here it is right here. William Jenkins Brennan, famous in his role of the scope of the monkey trial of 1925. Like the mystery of God, he says, is a watermelon seed. Said, I observed the watermelon seed. It has the power to draw from the ground and through itself 200,000 times in weight, which you cannot know how. He said, if you can explain that, I will explain the mysteries of God. Now, if a watermelon seed can increase that much, how much more so could we increase? One seed, 200,000 times. How many know it's important to sow seeds? Seeds. 
seeds. When God gives a command, the commander-in-chief, he said, I'm not for you and I'm not against you. I'm here, the commander of the Lord's army. I'm here for your sake when you're facing your giants. I'm here when everything looks that you can never break through. I'm here to break through for you. I'm here to do whatever you need to do in your life. So what are you going to do in the morning when you get up? Hello? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Going, huh? Debbie, is that you saying that? Listen. Hallelujah. Was that you, Debbie? Yes. When you get up in the morning, I want you to know the commander of the Lord's army is right there beside your bed. All these multitude of angels are standing there and start speaking signs, miracles, and wonders is in my life today. Amen. Praise God. How many are going to have a wonderful day tomorrow? How many ever had heard of Zig Ziglar? He born in the Great Depression. His father was dead, and his mother was trying to raise the children by herself. She'd wake him up every morning, get the kids ready, and send them off to school. Zig, he was small. He'd come in, sit down by the stove, and there she'd put a blanket around him, and she said, Zig, we're going to have a wonderful day today, all day long. They'd go out and pick turnip greens and wash them in cold water, and a little hand would turn blue. Hard times. Next morning, she woke him up and said, get up, son. Then sent the other kids off and said, we're going to have a great time and a wonderful time today. She, he said, no, it's going to be a bad day and going to be a bad day all day long. And she picked him up off that little stool and carried him back and put him back to bed. And he said, what are you doing, Mama? She said, well, you had said it's going to be a bad day all day long. And, son, it's going to be a bad day all the day long. At lunchtime, he come in there. She said, what are you doing in here? She said, well, I come to eat. She said, no, son, you said this morning it's going to be a bad day all day long, and I'm here to tell you it's going to be a bad day all the day long. Marched him back in bed and put him in the bed. You're thinking right now, that's a hard, mean mama. When the children come home from school, he got in and come in there with them. She said, what are you doing back in here? He said, I come back in here to eat with them. She said, no, son, you said this morning it's going to be a bad day all day long, and it's going to be a bad day all the day long. Marched him right back in there and put him right back to bed. You said, the mama's bad. That's a bad, wicked mama. The next morning, she woke him up and said, son, get up. The kid's going to school. Come on. He ran in there and sat down on that stool and said, Mama, it's going to be a great day, and it's going to be a great day all the day long. He become the number one salesman in the world. If you ever heard about Zig Ziglar, because Mama put something in him that he knew when he got up in the morning. My daddy used to tell us, anytime you get up in the morning and put both feet on the floor, you know it's going to be a great day. When you can get up and have the presence of God in your life and the angels of God is encamped about you, you know you're going to have a great day all the day long. I have given you the promise. I've given it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Does that sort of wipe out the bad mama? The bad mama? I read the other day where this little boy was caught stealing. 
they told his parents. His parents really got on to him about him. They had a place fixed in the attic where they go up and sleep sometimes. So the dad said, son, you're going to have to go up there and sleep by yourself tonight in that attic. Give him a blanket to go up there. Him and his wife were sitting on the couch, and his heart was smiting him. He told his wife, said, I just can't do this. He got up and got him a blanket and went up there, laid down beside that boy, said, son, I can't take away the punishment from you because you did steal and you got to be punished for it, but said, I'm going to let you suffer alone. He wrapped himself up with that little boy, and that little boy wrapped his arms around him, and both of them began to cry until they went to sleep. I want you to know when you mess up your God, your Savior, the commander-in-chief comes down and going to sit with you, and that wherever you are, he's going to wrap himself around you and going to cry with you all through the night because you're his his child. He cares about you. The wonderful things of God. We're not about to be blessed. We are blessed. We're going to get greater blessings if we'll keep speaking what God wants us to have. Walk it. Be quiet. And listen only to the commander of the Lord's army. God bless you today. What kind of day are you going to have? I used to work with a guy, and you'd ask him, what kind of day are you going to have today? What would he say? I'm going to have a great day. Put it on plan when I first got up this morning. I done had it all planned out. God is with you, and if God is with you, there's nothing in this world can be against you. Look for improvement. Look to get better. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to have the best day you ever had and have the best week you ever had in your life because Jesus with you, the chief physician, Lives word. Now, where is the chief physician at? He's living inside you. Whatever you have need of, he's there to supply it for you. God bless you for being here today.